once again. This is the Undisputed Future Podcast. This is episode 12. I am CD Danny Mac, and joining me once again is Nikki Six to my right. Hi, everyone. Nick, a Chicago-style rematch happening for the Women's Championship tonight. But first, I want to do a little... Uh, that. that was an amazing episode. Just an all-around amazing great episode. Great episode of NXT. Cannot wait to review it. But let's cover some, uh, some, I guess, thank yous and social media interactions we've had lately. Guys, thank you for following. Thank you for listening. The SoundCloud has been blowing up. We're on double digits on everything uploaded. We just got onto iTunes. That's yeah. right. It's not a rumor anymore. The Undisputed iTunes. Future podcast is available now on iTunes. You can subscribe. There's a nice little purple podcast button on some iPhones that I know you can subscribe from. I'm an Android guy myself, but uh, I have an iPod Touch. So I'm a little bit familiar with the OS. I'm also recording this on a MacBook. So I know a little bit around iTunes. Guys, we're there. Cannot wait for the subscriptions to come in. Thank you for everybody who has gotten us to this point. This Twitter has reached triple digits. That's right. Finally at 100 followers. Thank you, everyone. The Instagram also above 100 followers. That's right. I think we're at 130 or 126 at this point. 100 and something. Other podcasts joining in the fright. Thank you guys for following us. Thank you for interacting with me on Twitter. The Twitterverse has been following us so nicely. We are getting recognition from NXT stars. Nick, I I got a retweet like. Meaning I quoted Lars Sullivan and his Owen 2 in NXT comments and I made a quip about how his tag team partners better watch their feet and he liked what I had to say. Deanna Perazzo, who played La Luchadora most recently on SmackDown, a former NXT, she came around once in a while talent, she is now a Ring of Honor competitor, she liked what I had to say when I wanted to see her back on NXT television, possibly in the Mae Young Classic, which, which amazing. I know I know a few names got announced, guys, comeback. cannot wait for that. I know Kimberly and Sarah Logan from the current NXT roster are going to be in that tournament. A lot of emphasis on women's wrestling, it's only getting better. This episode of NXT definitely puts an exclamation mark on it, but Nick, it started with the return of Drew McIntyre to Again. Full Sail. yes! We talked about this man every single episode, the returning to WWE, Drew McIntyre, reminding you he can be anywhere in the world, but he's right here in NXT. Nick, he took on Rob Ryzen, and we've seen Rob Ryzen around in the tag team division, but I believe this is his first stint as a singles competitor on NXT TV. It is, and uh, we've seen a lot of Rob Ryzen all the way back since uh, 2014, actually, in the WWE. He recently had a stint in uh, Impact Wrestling. He also wrestled for NWA and Metro Pro Wrestling in 2012. But his schedule goes all the way back to 2008. He's definitely an accomplished wrestler. He's not a newbie to the scene. So it's good to see him finally get some recognition. So a traveled guy. Did not know to Rob Ryzen. He's definitely got a unique look. You know, the pink hair, the red hair, whatever he's got going for him, it stands out. It's definitely, his, his style is polished. He's a high flyer. He's going to have to, you know, do some things to get out there. A lot of high flyers. But he's going to have to do something to get noticed. I'm excited to see where he goes with that. I think his look will, will contribute to him standing out. But one thing that he did, did teach not... us a lesson, though, Dad. He taught us a very valuable lesson. Don't talk smack to Drew McIntyre. That's right. You do not talk smack <laughs> to an angry Scotsman. Drew McIntyre not taken too kindly to the words of Ryzen throughout this match. Ryzen was hitting him with everything. Nick, he hit him with a very nice super kick, reminiscent to. Avocadavra coming he from did. Seth Rollins, it got a one count. Drew McIntyre is coming at us with a new intensity it every single There wasn't very week. much impact behind it, though. I mean, I, I, I've seen Avocadavra pull off 
a billion times. That move is fantastic. There wasn't enough impact behind that kick. He didn't get the full hit. It's really hard to get a full big hit on a guy as big and as mean and as driven right now as Drew McIntyre. We say that a lot about this NXT roster. And a I lot wanna, of guys wanted to break into the main event scene. I want to play a little bit of a you know devil's advocate here and um, bring up the fact that we're seeing a lot of complacency in Drew McIntyre. They're they're giving him the same sh- uh, the same shtick as uh, Rhino, and do you think that he may fall into that same rut as Rhino on the NXT roster at least? Rhino did have a little bit of a breakout when he finally got to SmackDown, but on that NXT roster, he was all about getting the title, getting the title, getting the title, and then nothing. I think Drew McIntyre and Rhino came back for new reasons. I feel for different reasons rather. I feel like Drew McIntyre is trying to be new. Drew McIntyre is trying to reestablish himself. Rhino is coming back with the same intensity that we knew from him as a veteran. He's trying to rub that attitude onto other guys. Drew McIntyre is here with a new breakout personality. He's not trying anything he tried in WWE. That goes from his moveset, from his entrance, to uh, the new finisher as often Still as holding you out. hate breaking that up. Still holding out. But I, I, do, I do think the WWE experience is obviously going to play into the success of Drew McIntyre. I don't think he's going to have any trouble finding success when he does get called up to Raw or to SmackDown. Oh, I absolutely agree. I was just no-name I get your point, though, about complacency and a sort of stagnance in his opponents. Because he went from facing Wesley Blake, a former WWE NXT right. tag team champion last, last time we saw him in Chicago... And now he's back to fighting guys who we've seen in tag team matches, but not nearly as successful as Blake. And speaking of not being successful in a match, Nick, I want to take up a little something I noticed during this match. Commentary was not giving Ryzen a chance. Now, granted, we knew he didn't, quote-unquote, stand a chance to beat Drew McIntyre. But they were putting the guy down early. They were saying, oh, you know, the referee's holding him back from the end of the match. But then Ryzen would fall to the outside of the ring. He'd buy himself a couple seconds. And then the he'd get back in and get a strike in or two. McGinnis clearly said that Ryzen ends up falling at the end of the match. You want to build Drew McIntyre this, as this big force. But you don't want to take down his opponents in the process. You don't want to hurt his opponents. You don't want to break their... Because some know. of these guys could be big names. Look at Cesar Bonani. Cesar exactly. Bonani, who put up a fight against Aleister Black. An got amazing a, fight. Got a win over Andrade Cien Almas. What happens when Rob Ryzen gets a win on NXT TV and people remember him? Hey, that's the guy who Nigel McGuinness and Tom Phillips and Percy Watson said put didn't stand a chance. Two and a half and minutes. Him. See, that's that's not fair. That's not the development I want to see in stars, and I figured that was worth mentioning. I, I agree entirely. I, the loss of Corey Graves is felt. Nigel McGuinness is trying to fill that role, but at the same time, we got um, Percy Watson. Percy Watson. Showtime. Showtime. Percy Watson. Percy Watson. I'm still. I, I can't believe they brought him back. <laughs> I can't believe he's pulling off commentary. You know, he, uh, granted, he's actually just, doing a really good. This whole three-man table is trying to find themselves. But again, that Corey Graves hole being filled by Nigel McGuinness. I see what you're saying. Corey Graves always kind of played a level playing field when it came to faces and heels. As much as he trashed Elias Sampson when he sang, he would get him back and say, "But he's it was developed. All in good fun. But he's developed in the ring, and he's got this going for him. He's got that going for him. It wasn't all put downs. He would always he make always up make up for his smart quips." Man hits and he's continuing to do else. that, and that's why he's such a very good standout commentator. And again, this is all development. It's about finding that chemistry in that three-man table. We don't know what's happening with Tom Phillips, because Vic Joseph made his debut on 205 Live in replace of Tom Phillips, and we don't know if there's going to be another change at the three-man table, let's say, come before TakeOver Brooklyn. That's a short schedule to fill. 
that might be Tom Phillips' last stand at the table, we might have to see another revamp. So it'll be interesting to see where the commentary chemistry goes as well. But let's discuss some unfinished business here, Nick. We saw the iconic duo flashback to a couple weeks ago. They were going to build an iconic wing in the Performance Center. That would have been iconic. Oh my god, just the, the pictures of the beautiful Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. I can imagine it now. I would pay that $1,500 just to see that win. Performance Center aside, we saw <laughs> Ember Moon emerge from the Medical Center in the Performance Center, getting her medical release papers, and Nick, we learned that she'll be taking on Peyton Royce next That's week. Right. Some payback towards the, the iconic duo. Ember Moon. The myth rises. Once again, the prophecy of fire yet we, to be We uh, talked about that, which one we would like to see uh, Ember Moon take on. And Peyton was my choice. Peyton so. Royce, definitely a good choice. I'm happy to see that that came true. But that's not the only cutscene we saw. Immediately following that, we got to see a brand new Alistair Black cutscene. And man, that thing was amazing. Not letting us forget that Alistair Black is top-notch. The guy has the it factor. We heard a little bit more from him, which we haven't. Yeah, we haven't heard much from him, actually. He doesn't talk too often, but when he does, man's got some serious stuff to say. We saw his serious strikes in that montage as well. Cannot wait to see who his next opponent is. We'll discuss that later. Nick, some new opponents for our NXT Tag Team Champions, the monsters known as the Authors of Pain. Well, it wasn't the Authors of Pain. It was Akam taking on two nameless victims who I pitied for as long as that match went I brought on. it up before, so I'm going to do it again. Thank you, Corey Grace, for this. Jamok number one and two got their asses handed to them. Team Jamok is back. They're falling to the Authors of Pain. Paul Ellering spending the entire match talking strategy with Razor as Akam just raised all sorts of hell. All he demolished them, just ran through them back and forth. An arm captured. And just Simone. for the record, full sale, you missed the shave your back chant entirely on that. I don't know his name, but he was wearing the blue tights. You missed that. He had like those two wings coming yeah, in from his, coming that up towards his shoulder blades, right? I saw those. Exceptionally that. gross. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing that chant is reserved for Killian Dane and only only Killian Dane, as far as full sale is concerned. But one thing that we have not seen, and that's an, a singles finisher from the Authors of Pain. Nick, a arm capture Samoan drop? I, that, that, I, I what sort I, of power display was that? <laughs> he was bending the guy like a pretzel. It was absolutely amazing. But that wasn't the like full extent of the amazingness. Shortly thereafter, they continued to beat the hell out of them. Uh, they hit the super collider. And then, heavy machinery, a little concrete notion that we're actually going to get to see those two tag teams go head-to-head. Paul Ellering talking a little bit of prophecy about the NXT tag team division, and then Heavy Machinery would have something to say, but no action taking place between these two monstrous teams yet. They're saving it for the big stage, Nick, but one thing is for sure. Heavy Machinery does not fear this new book of dominance that seems to be written. I need to ask real quick, do you think that, that the AOP, like, Akam and Rizar, do you think they're starting to question Paul Ellering? You seen that where he started to yell at him. He was like, are you serious? Like, it's, I, I don't speak their language, but it seemed like, like Albanian. are you kidding me? I believe the Authors of Pain speak Albanian. I can't be, I'm not 100% uh, I'm not, sure on that. I think it's in, uh, I think it's in Rezar's history as an MMA fighter. I remember Albanian fighting being brought up in that. But to answer your question... Nick, I don't think it's a matter of questioning Paul Ellering, because I think in the long run they know what's best, but the adrenaline was going. They were being stepped to. The Authors of Pain are not are not used to being stepped to. 
they're usually the hunters in this situation. And the heavy machinery, they came to eat, and it's not just steaks and a lift in weights. These guys are hungry for competition. They're ready to lift whoever they need to be out of the way to get those NXT Tag Team Championships. You know what else they're not used to? Standing eye-to-eye with their opponents. That is I mean, Lars Sullivan was feeling. the only guy who could stand up to Tucker Knight That's in their right. history so far. Big difference when you're fighting teams that are half your size and guys you can lock eyes to eyes with. It is going to be an amazing match. To Might have been a little bit of putting on a brave face in the case of Otis Dozovich and Tucker Knight. We don't, I don't know, know about Otis Dozovich. That man looks like he's just he doesn't think like two steps ahead. He just kind of does. Let's move on to the main scene here, Nick. We took a flashback at Roderick Strong having some words about his future in NXT and then being rudely interrupted by our glorious champion, Bobby Roode. We got to see that last week, a nice little recap. Um, I'd love to you know, see Roderick Strong get a championship run, but we don't know if that's going to come just yet. I think personally he's going to have to do the number one contenders match just like Rude has made all of his opponents do. I think it's going to be a great number one contendership match. We've seen that Roderick Strong step up to the big matches in NXT. We've seen highlights of his Ring of Honor history. He was a big-time player there. Hopefully he gets the same treatment here in NXT. Let's talk about brand new stars, Nick. Let's talk about revamping. Let's talk about brand new character development. The Velveteen Dream and Patrick Clark. Now we are seeing Sonia Deville and Daria Baronado, the MMA-trained New Jersey native. I liked this woman for a long time. I've been a big fan of hers. I've cheered for her at house shows. She's just got... She's got that Ronda Rousey effect, Misha Tate sort of look. She's got a, a lot of intensity behind it, and there's a, there's a lot of... Charisma. You can see the look in her eyes. She got a lot of drive. The intensity draws the charisma out of it her, does. and it's it's really nice to see in the women's division. Put your hair up and square up next week with Sonya Deville. We'll get to more women's action later with the NXT Takeover Chicago Triple Threat Elimination Match. But first, can't wait for that T-shirt. <laughs> new gimmicks, repackaging, Velveteen Dream taking on the newly signed to NXT Nick. Raul Mendoza from the Cruiserweight Classic. Guys, if you don't remember him, him I'm just going to refresh your memory a little bit. Remember the guy who Brian Kendrick first faced back from WWE? Remember the guy who got his ass kicked by Kendrick so badly? Fully choked out. But he turns the crowd to him, Nick. Raul Mendoza was so impressive in that match that he got a lot of people in their nostalgic, OMG, it's Brian Kendrick, to start rooting for this guy. That's a very important factor to have in a babyface. Cannot wait to see what he does in NXT. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, definitely has shades of super crazy in the style that he flew off the ropes. It was a very super crazy style gliding. I liked it. It was, it was nice to see it brought me back to that old school Lucha Libre style. Very smooth in the ring, taking on the powerful and seemingly more athletic Velveteen Dream. We saw some new antics out of Velveteen Dream tonight, Nick. What was new antics? Just blatant heel style turn, man. That man was brutal. Knees, elbows, smacks, anything you could do to make it blatantly obvious he is not a good guy. The headband not trying smack. to get you to cheer. Well, he had Raul Mendoza in a vulnerable position just slapping him with the headband that was holding up his tower of a hair. Don't know how that man does it every single day. I don't know day, how it stayed but a up lot after that. It just poofed. Stayed up. A lot of disrespect coming from the Velveteen Dream, proving that the spotlights and the proper ambiance needs to be on him at all times. Yeah, but it wasn't over there. We no. got to see his finishing his move. Talk about the Death Valley Drive. Combination finishing move. He 
pulls off this absolutely astonishing cartwheel Death Valley driver where he hoists the man up on his shoulder and then pulls off a cartwheel to finish him off and then uses that momentum to climb the, to the top rope and pull off one of the most devastating elbow drops I've seen since Macho Man Randy Savage. A long-distance elbow drop for sure, Nick. The aerial ability of Patrick Clark. That's, that's one thing I've been saying about this gimmick. His athleticism and his strength and his mean streak, we're going to be forced to take this guy seriously despite how over-the-top and just flashiness of this gimmick. The guy can go in that ring. Absolutely. He is, again, one of my favorite sayings the on this show. He's no slouch. He is a pure athlete. I see big things happening for him. And now that he's starting to get that, he's starting to solidify being a heel. Starting to get that traction in his character. I think it's, I think it's just going to go up and out from here. I can't wait to love to hate Patrick Clark, That's the Velveteen I, Dream. I, I see a lot of potential in him. There's that uh, uh, Prince Pretty potential. <laughs> the As I like to call it, the narcissist it's the gimmick, pretty potential on NXT. The narcissist and, gimmick in NXT, you know, we've seen in the tag team division. I think we have it a little bit in Sabatelli and Moss, but it's been missing in the men's singles division. For the record, I think Mandy Rose is getting that style once she starts making more NXT television appearances. Something I can't wait for. I think the Golden Goddess is going to get the narcissistic gimmicks in that division. But Patrick Clark, the Velveteen Dream, definitely impressive and bringing again that Prince Pretty factor. I like that. I like that a lot. I just hope it turns out for Patrick Clark better as a singles competitor than Tyler Breeze at the moment. But Fashion Files is the best thing on WWE television. I like to point that out. There's a lot of things going on in WWE television. Oh my god, there's so much going on as far as network exclusives. We got the May Young Classic coming up next month, Nick. We're going to be talking a lot about women's wrestling, but this is something we have to address we got a lot of future NXT stars in that. I mentioned Kimberly. I mentioned Sarah, Sarah Logan. I believe Tessa Blanchard has been confirmed as well. We have some Chinese signings. We have that around-the-world appeal that the Cruiserweight Classic had. Yeah, just know that as soon as we have the full roster, we will bring it to you, whether it be via its own podcast or if it's on the Facebook, Twitter. Stay tuned. Yes, guys, we please will... find us on Facebook. The Facebook Live videos are up once in a while. You get to see... A little bit of antics, a little bit of live reactions. You get to see me going through the pain of editing this podcast and bringing it to you now on iTunes. Did I mention that? I think I did. I don't know. Did you? Let's mention somebody else, though, Nick. Let's mention a somewhat brewing rivalry. We have the knockout artist, Cassius Ono, talking a little bit about his situation with Hideo Itami. Now, Cassius wasn't in this interview, Nick, in the impression that Hideo, not a typical, oh, he's got this change of attitude sort of style address, but he was just going that Hideo may have had a bad couple weeks. He was coming off an unsuccessful NXT championship opportunity. What are your thoughts on that? Well, these men are clearly still friends, and he wants to think the best of his friend. He wants to think that, you know, he's just going through a tough time, and he still wants to be there for him. I understand that entirely, but... Uh, I don't know. Hideo has... I think he might be showing us his true colors. I'd like to think otherwise, but the intensity and brute force that he showed us last week against Oni Lorcan was just un... It was unnecessary. Very hard to argue how much Hideo has been heated the past couple weeks, but next week, Aleister Black's next opponent is none other than the knockout artist Cassius Ono. A huge match for NXT 
next week. And uh, General Manager William Regal, props to you. William Regal on fire with the weekly matchups lately, Nick. We have an NXT TakeOver Chicago rematch tonight. We have Cassius versus Aleister Black next week. Guys, if you're only Not watching... the return of the iconic duo and Ember Moon. Huge week for women's division as well. Guys, if you're only watching the takeovers, what are you doing? You have the network. The $9.99 is worth the NXT weekly episodes by themselves, but I digress because if you watch those, you probably wouldn't listen to us as much. <laughs> anyway, a huge matchup made for next week. We see a little bit more about that Ember Moon-Peyton Royce match. Nick, we are not allowed to forget who Ember Moon is. A very impressive video package for her again. Absolutely. They want us to remember how hard she can hit, how much intensity she brings to the ring. And they want us to know that she's still very much a powerful player in the NXT Women's Division. Ember Moon, a force to be reckoned with, comes back next week taking on one half of the iconic duo, Peyton Royce. But Women's Division action comes to an absolute new level in this NXT Chicago TakeOver rematch. Nick, it was so chaotic by the end. I don't know if I can get the words out. <clears throat> NXT TakeOver Chicago elimination triple threat rematch between Asuka, Nikki Cross, and Ruby Riot. Ooh, that sounded like How was it was that? right out of, like, that was right off NXT. You hear that, WWE? You need to hire this guy. He's amazing. <laughs> Better get him up before TNA does. Got some emphasis behind this one. <laughs> Nick, emphasis cannot describe this match enough. Ruby Riot bringing some new intensity. She was really, really showing her true moveset in this match. Been yeah. a big fan of her since since I researched her signing, but I really got shown what she could do in the ring tonight. Ruby Riot broke out hard. You know, that was a big thing that I brought up last week. How is Ruby Riot going to recover from that huge loss? You, know, you take a, a loss like that in a big game scenario where you're takeover. That, that's a big loss for someone like Ruby Riot, who's basically right out the gate. That was, what, her fourth or fifth match, and it was a takeover for a title? Two of her matches in NXT have been a takeover. She's getting huge exposure very early. She's used to the big stage. She's been in two championship matches in a very short period of time. She's definitely groomed and getting the experience to be something great. And she's showing it in her moves. Again, we see a huge double drop kick, missile drop kick off the apron to Asuka and Nikki Cross. A huge move. I think I think Riot bumped their head on that steel grate. Yeah, uh, there was one point where she got a bit blown up and she definitely uh, she, she hit her head originally on the mat and then that disoriented her. And then when she got knocked off of the ropes, she hit her face on the ring, it looked to me. Ruby Riot taking a beating in this matchup and unsurprisingly and sadly from my perspective, she was eliminated first in this one. Nick, the Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross hatred cannot come enough to a side. We saw some call-ups, call-backs from NXT TakeOver Chicago in this match. We saw No more call-ups. No more call-ups. <laughs> we can't lose any more of our roster. No call-ups. We could see call-backs yeah, to it's, it's the fun. previous match between these two ladies. We saw Asuka getting knocked out of the ring by Cross and Several Riot. Several times. And then an amazing strategy instead of Cross say. going for the roll-up, Riot tried the roll-up Cross for the quick elimination. We saw Riot trying to get a pin off a huge arm wrench Pele kick, and Asuka was going for that sliding kick that ended the match in Chicago, and Riot was able to capitalize and counter it. It definitely showed the experience that Riot is having in these matches against Asuka, despite being eliminated first in this one. A very good showing for Ruby Riot. I agree entirely. Shows exactly how much she's coming around as a, as a talent, 
and it shows exactly how much of a ta- like a talent she's going to be in the future. You know, she may have taken the loss tonight, but she's still one of the youngest superstars on the NXT roster, and she still has some of the most like amazing talent on the NXT roster, which is saying something because we have a star-studded NXT roster right now. This women's division is huge right now. Three of the best competing here tonight. It came down to Nikki Cross and Asuka, but then it didn't come down to anybody. Nick, the referee lost the competitors. I, I, they lost the competitors so and rang the bell at that ref. I wanted. To, so was full set. I want to. Fl- <laughs> I want to fly to Florida, find that referee, punch him in the mouth. Because never in the history of triple threats has there ever been a countout or a disqualification. No countouts. That no disqualification. Bullshit. An elimination match. Or there's just such a big situation. Such a big stipulation. Why would you cancel the match? Why would you throw something like that out? A championship match. You go, you get those ladies, and you bring them back into the ring because, Nick, because he I didn't... I the days of Earl Hebner. Because when, when you get lackluster, no-intensity referees, you get all sorts of hell breaking loose. These two ladies went out to the loading docks of Full Sail and then back into the arena all around the outside. They were beating the living hell out of each other everywhere. What an outside brawl. I haven't seen brawling like that since the days of the, like the the boiler room brawls <laughs> from the like late nineties. If ever have we seen it in the women's division? Barely like, ever within I mean, the, within the, the past five time, years. Can you recall anything like that? The last time I remember something as intense as that was probably when Victoria and Trish Stratus faced off at each other at Survivor Series. I believe it was 2004? 2002. 15 years ago. Since we've seen really hardcore standout moments in a women's division, Nikki Cross and Asuka banging each other's heads into steel grates, into steel fence on the outside, the loading dock doors. They were beating the hell out of each other everywhere. They were were not pulling their punch. I'm I'm pretty sure that they were trying to drown each other at one point. Opening up coolers, drowning each other. Trying to drown each other. I believe it was Vitacoco water being held in that cooler. Of course they were. Some expensive, some expensive stuff coming out of the WWE performance. See all those pretty ladies doing their makeup in the background too. Some future looks at the women's division possibilities. Yeah, either that or it was just you know Full Sail's finest. (laughs) Full Sail's finest in that way might have been back there, but Full Sail's finest were tearing the house down. Nick, this whole brawl came to a close in a huge way. We saw these two ladies beat the snot out of each other all the way into the sound area. And Nikki Cross with a huge, well, a huge cross body taking down Asuka through two tables, three tables? Ball, it was two tables. It was two tables like tied together or something like that with a bunch of equipment on it. Even Nikki Cross was just in absolute, she couldn't move. An absolutely move incensed Nikki Cross throwing it all on the line to dive right through Asuka. We know how much she hates Ruby Riot, but it's been brought up tonight. She's been going after that women's championship since NXT TakeOver San Antonio. This is third time. This is her third attempt at the title. Just that lock that and Nikki still Cross... still hasn't gotten a one-on-one title attempt. That's got to be infuriating. I mean, it, it doesn't take much to get Nikki Cross infuriated at anything. I'm pretty sure that speaks on behalf of all of Sanity. Just proving what a reckless, what a dominating force she can be. She doesn't care. She's throwing her body at you. She wants that championship through any means necessary. Do you think we're going to get a singles match out of this final? Do you think that Nikki Cross, after this, has fought her way to a number one contenders match against Asuka? 
in a one-on-one scenario. One-on-one, if she pins the champion, does she get to fight for it in a singles match? No, I, I mean, absolutely... after tonight, do you think that Asuka is going to stand for what happened, or do you think that she's going to demand a match? I think by default, Nikki Cross absolutely deserves a one-on-one match with Asuka. I do. Uh, yeah. I think that I think I think that opportunity has been earned just based on the fact that it was a no decision. I don't know when it's going to be because it looked like she knocked herself out for three weeks or so. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely do believe that Nikki Cross, especially how much she's sank into the sanity gimmick, she's been the most present figure in the in the group as of late. Yeah, as of late, she's the only solo competitor. If you truly think about it, Alexander Wolf, Killian Dane, and uh, Eric Young have become such a cohesive unit that. You rarely see them split up. When we saw Eric Young and uh, what's guy Alexander Wolf leave last week, we were all dumbfounded by the idea. And then when Killian Dane pulled off the win by himself, we were even more dumbfounded. It was a complete and utter shock. It's hard to ignore the chemistry that Sanity has, but Nikki Cross, again, seems to be holding her own in the state of the women's division with, again, a lot of rising new talents coming out of it. It also has to do with the fact that if I'm pretty sure if any of Sanity came out, she'd just run out to the ring and punch him in the mouth. Which she's done oh so many times. And you know what? They would smile and it would just be some sort of weird bond that they have. And just this weird, twisted family People that the internet. Made I would of. love to see a compilation of, like, Nikki Cross just punching all of her own teammates in the face. And them just smiling at her. I mean, just That would be a fantastic video. Just based on one thing alone. I could imagine three times where she slapped Alexander Wolf in the face. I know she's caught at Killian Dane a bunch. Couple I know she's times. lapsed onto his leg before. Nikki Cross, just a strange figure overall, a very entertaining aspect of sanity. We don't know if there's such a thing as a one-on-one situation. I, I gotta bring this up. You know, the possibility is a reality. The fact that it went as far as it did tonight, William Regal can decide that it went too far and that it is against the best interest of his superstars to put them in that kind of a situation and decide that it is best that she not get a singles match. William Regal. For the safety of his superstars. Granted, you could see it the other way, too. You could see how much these ladies hate each other and just be fed up and want them to face in a stipulation-based match. We might see these two ladies tear each other apart in a false count anywhere. I would love to see that. The, The state of the NXT women's division is wide open as far as a few things go, but one thing is for sure. Asuka is still undefeated in the record books. Asuka is still the NXT women's champion, and she is still... barely. She is still the top dog when it comes to that women's championship. But new faces coming into that division. We have Sonya Deville debuting next week in... Well, debuting after a new promo video for her. Allow me to rephrase that. Sonya Deville making her debut next week under a new intensity. The formerly known as Daria Baronado. Cannot wait to see where the mixed martial artist comes in. Cannot wait to see see who she faces also. Maybe Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans Lacey would be a Evans good matchup. I'd love to see. Former I'd love Marine. to see Kimberly get back into oh, the NXT yes. ring. Honestly, I think Kimberly should sit some time out until the May Young Classic. That would be really cool. I'd like to see, you know, a few of the May Young Classic ladies take some time out, give them some time to bulk up, come in and get re- ready. come in and reintroduce themselves exactly. to the NXT universe. I think that might do well for them in the future. You're absolutely right. More women's action next week. Ember Moon taking on Peyton Royce. Another big matchup, Alistair Black taking on Cassius Ono. Nick, we already have a stacked card to look forward to next week. Honestly, I don't know how they're going to fit anything else into it, but I am excited to see what they can fit into it. It is going to be a jam-packed episode of pure NXT action, and I am I'm just so psyched already. 
build up for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, and I guess, guys, now's as good of a time to tell you as any. Me, Nick to my right here, and the musician for the NXT Undisputed Future podcast, RJ Dave. We're going to TakeOver Brooklyn, guys. Yeah, Section 9, row 1. If you look at the hard cam, we're going to be directly to the right. We'll have some Undisputed Future podcast where going out to the crowd in Brooklyn. But that's not the only event we'll be attending. NXT takes over Poughkeepsie and the Mid-Hudson Honda Civic Center on Saturday. And we will also be there as well. A special edition of the podcast is coming this weekend. We're covering a house show. So guys, if you're not fortunate enough to make it out to Poughkeepsie, New York, we're going to be covering the action. We're going to be telling you of some rivalries and some matches you might not see on NXT TV. Nick, we've been to NXT live events before. It's going to be so exciting. You can't recreate the the feel of an NXT live show, and every time we go, it is just an absolutely electric feeling. And it's been too long for me, man. I cannot wait to get in front of those wrestlers, see to to, to hear the chanting and everything. Oh, I I can't wait. Cannot wait to see a new form of a hardcore New York crowd take shape in Poughkeepsie. Guys, we're going to be going Facebook Live for a few segments during that, so stay tuned this weekend. If you haven't found us on Facebook, please do. Of course, follow the Twitter at podcast underscore UF. Follow the Instagram, all one word, at Undisputed Future Podcast. Get in touch with us by email if you're interested in the SIWA NXT TakeOver pre-show in Newark, New Jersey, if you want a copy of the flyer, if you want us, if you want any more information, contact us through there, and Nick or myself will get back to you as best we can and as timely as we can. But until next week, guys, this has been episode twelve of the Undisputed Future podcast. Dirty dozen. It's been a hell of a ride. Cannot wait to keep up the NXT Takeover Brooklyn coverage. To my right, Nikki Six. Thank you very much. Can't wait to see you next week. Once again, signing off. Tune in this weekend for NXT Poughkeepsie Special Weekend Edition of the Undisputed Future Podcast.